0: to dig into today's episode with you. Hello, my love. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest for you. I'm very excited to introduce you to Madhavi Shankar. She's amazing. She's a CEO and founder of Space Basic, it's a networking app that she created. She's originally from India, and she is not only an incredible businesswoman, but she's been named one of the top 60 women transforming India by the government of India, as well as the United Nations. I found her searching through a TED Talks that I was watching, and I listened to her TED Talk around gender bias and, you know, women empowerment in India, which I'm really, obviously, y'all know I love women's empowerment. I got an opportunity to to connect with her on LinkedIn and just listen to her story about how she had a really beautiful upbringing and her parents were able to really you know, it just really shows you when your parents support you and you are uplifted and empowered, what that can do to a young woman, what that does to a child who then becomes a woman, who believes in herself. And when I was chatting with Marhavi, one of the things that really stood out for me was her lack of self, like her lack of um self-doubt. You know, she really did not doubt herself. She didn't think she couldn't do it. She didn't think about male-dominated industry, female-dominated. She just really went for it. She had a beautiful mentor who she shared about with me that supported her, and she learned about what sisterhood was. And so this episode is a special episode for those of you out there who maybe come from a culture or a background where you know, your gender predetermines what you can and can't do. And hopefully it inspires you if you've got tough parents out there, or you're from a community where usually women don't go against the grain and move away from home until they're married and have children, that you can actually go out there and make change in the world and fulfill your dreams. So very excited for you to listen to today's episode. Without further ado, here is Madhavi. So tell me about you where did all of this begin i know we're going to get into space basic your app and you know how you got onto this platform and became the ceo of this but where where did you grow up how was your upbringing what brought you here all the questions
1: (laughs) so yes i mean um you know i've been brought up brought up in a typical indian household Uh, my parents are doctors i have a younger sister and um you know our childhood was pretty normal to be honest Mm. You know um we had um we've grown up with with the whole cultural and family balance sort of environment and um, you know in india uh, it's it's pretty hard on to education has given a lot of importance yeah and uh, my parents being doctors really had you know a kind of benchmark set up for us um you know in in terms of education my sister was very good uh, with her studies. Um, I was probably the difficult one for my parents, you know, and um, it it was, it was a pretty normal childhood. And I think most of, I think as kids, something I realized now much older um, or, you know, much later on is that most of our thinking is kind of experiences from childhood all the way up to today. And, you know, even when um, I remember, um, you know um when when i was in in school you know there were a lot of people who were doing really well with grades and things like that and i was never good with grades and it kind of made me feel a little more um you know insecure and incapable of going out and chasing the world really mm. i think that aspect was really seated in because mm. of of described i mean a pre you know pre notions that we that we have you know it it's just like uh prescribed um a textbook way of, of success it's mm. kind of defined for you to walk in that path yeah. and uh, i think uh, you know that was kind of seated on um much much earlier in life um yeah. so yeah i mean that was that was pretty much growing up was pretty normal mostly school mostly um you know family driven
0: yeah so wow your parents were they really so they were really into education obviously because they were doctors um, what do you think drives that, that that want to pass it down to their children, that their children must be educated, must have? Like, what do you think that is, the drive for that?
1: You know, Indians are big on stability. Um, you know, they want to kind of pass that on. And for them, um, I think they think that education gives you a stable job. Yeah. A stable job brings you stable income. You know, a stable income allows you to have um, a, a materialistic stability, I guess, in a way, yeah. <laughs> a roof, a roof, food, uh, you know, food on the table, and things like that. Yeah, so I yeah. think it's mostly to do with uh, stability. But I feel like you know that that has changed now. Yeah, um, that's what's incredible because there is no. Now I realize there's no prescribed definition to success there's no prescribed definition to stability you know mm. um so um, i learned this now <laughs> yeah <laughs> for, for most of the, you know for most of our uh, for for my childhood and my uh, you know teens and a young adult i was mostly taught that education um and having stability is the most important
0: thing yeah so how did you go from so you were in india in bangalore correct and most of your life and then how did you go moving out or being where you are because you created this business and how did that all kind of come about
1: right so I think um you know after my after my schooling um I enrolled into undergrad I did my engineering in India as well and um again so just a little bit of a pretext here that um, you know, the most sought after career paths here are either being a doctor or being an engineer, <laughs> mostly back in the day when I was in, I was studying at least. And, um, you know, um, to be doctor, you need to be exceptionally good with your grades, which I was not. So uh, my next immediate option was engineering. And I did take that up and I went to school here. I did my uh, engineering. And after that, um, I wanted to move overseas. Um, I didn't, you know, the 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 kind of uh, over here students usually study. Uh, I'm sorry, go to work after engineering, not while studying, because parents mm-hmm. usually take care of you while you're here. We still live with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, when we're <laughs> when we're in school. So, um, the whole goal was for me to kind of get a little bit of independence and kind of like you know go and explore the world, and I, I really wanted to do that post uh, engineering. So straight after engineering i moved to australia in a couple of months and um Mm. i enrolled at the university of technology sydney Sydney, to do my engineering and i did an mba after that so um i think that's where my um you know exploring my capabilities and really exploring who am i you know kind of took light because you're not in anybody's shadow you are independently making decisions every day big and small so I think, um, you know, just that, making that move to Australia really changed my life and really changed my perspective about life in
0: general. And Sydney, um, I can imagine going to school there and getting your MBA there would have given you a whole other – how was it different, like, from India? Would it, another perspective or the culture, everything would have been different, huh?
1: Right. So I think um, I really enjoyed what I studied in, in um, Sydney. Um, you know, at UTS, um, it was more inclined to my interest. I kind of realized that I liked interactive subjects. For example, engineering is very, you know, um, textbook based. I like more of an interacting kind of environment. And I think that's what, um, you know, masters gave me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really liked the electives I chose. And it kind of made sense to me because I could apply it practically day to day. Hmm. So, um, you know, once I I landed here, I was trying to look for jobs and I was extremely sure that if I am going to do a job, it has to be something that I could put on my resume, you know, in addition to, you know, supporting my life here um, and my, you know, just being here and and making sure that I can support myself. In addition to that, I really wanted something that I could put on my resume. If I'm going to spend half a day doing something, it might as well be something I'm learning out of. Yeah. So, you know, after looking for, um, you know, just look, looking on Gumtree and all these other, um, you know, uh, portals, and I finally found um, a, a posting that was for an intern. So I went ahead and I joined a company. At They said, okay, why don't you come down for an interview? And I did. Uh, I went and met with the CEO. They were a very early stage startup. And um, there were about three people, the, fa- the co-founders, and I think I was the second employee to join the company. Wow. So <laughs> I joined as an intern, really, and you know I did everything from sales to intern to front desk receptionist, and I loved it, and mm. that's where my love for startups really began. Mm. and just the fact that, starting as an intern, I stuck around till I you know kind of moved back to India in the same company. I did not uh, find in any other job. Um, so I was there for about four and a half years and you know, but in about two and a half years I was taking care of I was product manager of the Asia Pacific region, taking care of projects there. So I right. loved the I loved the journey there and yeah. I knew I knew then I had to do something on my own.
0: There's so much in this story too about how you really did believe in yourself and you had the confidence to go for it. I mean, you had the confidence to leave where you were, to go to a different culture, to come to Australia, to study here, and then to go on Gumtree. Y'all, like back in the day, Gumtree, I remember Gumtree. For young, young people might be like, what's Gumtree? But that was, you know, so, you know, what, what do you think stops so many people, so many women, especially, you know, from, doing things and chasing their dreams and going for it? Like, cause you seem to have a lot of confidence in a inability to do this for yourself.
1: I think, you know, the confidence that I have today is self thought um, mm. because of unlearning a lot of preconceived notions. Yeah. And um, you know, we are taught to be a certain way. We're taught that, you know, hey, okay, you work, you, you study, you work, you have a job, you get married, you have kids. I'm like, you know, like, not anymore. You don't, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, you do what you want to do. You do what, you know, makes you happy and yeah. what drives you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's anybody's responsibility to take care of that's comes out of love you know, so I kind of, these are the fundamentals that I think most, uh, here, at least in Asian cultures, kind of, that's the prescribed path for a woman. Mm -hmm. And I think to question that and to kind of do what you want to do, you have to be confident, you have to kind of grow that within you. And I mean, I still am, um, you know, I still am, you know, constantly kind of, Um, debating a lot of things in my head. But I think the first step for me to do that was definitely to unlearn a lot of preconceived notions and really ask why, you know, why is this?
0: That is a great question. <laughs> yeah, because most of the time you'd be living someone else's beliefs or, you know, you're under someone else's upbringing or their their thoughts or a society or culture or, you know, you're a woman, so you should be doing this or you shouldn't speak or you should, you know, there's so much. So I think it's really awesome that you were able to to un- deprogram as we say right like deprogram whatever it is so you're working in this company was it more would you say like this because I have a few clients who are engineers as well and they're from third world countries that you know it was not going to happen for them and they have fought really hard to become amazing female engineers Um, would you say that it was difficult like was it male dominated did you have any um, feelings with that like how did you work with that
1: um, so with the company I worked for in Australia, I think I was the only female in the company wow. and, um, <laughs> it was, it was all right. It was never a thought that crossed my head really, Awesome, you know, it was even today, even here being here, um, I'm only reminded of my gender when there is a very specific situation or a scenario that comes in yeah. apart from that, you know. I don't believe to kind of box myself in a gender because then you have expectations and yes. you have roles to play. and yes. I don't like, I don't necessarily find that to be, um, that doesn't work for me. Yeah.
0: Girl, you you a bad bitch. I love it. She's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I think it's really good because so many, we get stuck. You know, you hear so many women go male-dominated industry and it's like, it just shows us what we're looking for. Like for you, it sounds like you're not even you're not even looking to see that so clearly you're not attracting that and you're not seeing that in your life you're creating the life that you want to have and it's it's so important and incredible because so many i think so many women especially corporate women or business owners could really take a leaf from your book because it's a choice you know it sounds like you made a choice,
1: right. and- you know, with, with what I've grown up with and what I've been told, uh, I think women have, for us to be here today, there are a lot of women who have kind of fought this path and mm. allowed us to, you know, enjoy what we enjoy today. And we kind of are kind of, you know, martyring down that path as well for, for, for future generations. Yeah. So like, you know, my, my mom was probably, um, Five out of ten uh I mean you know probably five or six out of the ten women that actually um you know studied medicine back in the day wow. and my my co founder it was two I think there were two engineering students when she studied here in India before she moved overseas, so you know you hear stories like that and you 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 kind of automatically say, um well, we have a choice as you said, you know either yeah. you take control or you give control. So mm-hmm. I like to take control.
0: Here, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, girl. I love it. I love it. Okay. So, so you're here, you're at, you're in this business and you're like, I want to do this. Like, I, I want to do my own thing. T- talk to us about that. Cause that is awesome.
1: Right. So I know, you know, I, I, I worked in Australia for about four and a half years um, and I was like, I knew by the end of that, that I wanted to do something on my own. And, um, I decided to, at that time, you know, I think it was like 2016, um, I, um, was introduced to a successful woman, uh, entrepreneur in the Silicon Valley. And I was making a trip to the U S anyway, um, you know, from Sydney. And I thought, Hey, I should absolutely write to her and mm-hmm. ask her about her journey. And maybe she has some advice for me. Mm-hmm. And so I did, um, wrote to her, she said, yeah, you know, why don't you come down? Um, let's, let's meet for coffee. So um, I was there and uh, I met with her in Palo Alto and um, you know, just started talking to her about, she's of Indian origin. She moved, you know, 25 years ago to, to um, you know, California. She mm. built her company. Um, she ran for 10 years, had a successful exit. And, you know, in my eyes, that's like, oh my God, you're a star, tell yeah, me more, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so um, I just wanted to kind of like, you know, uh, have her advise me really and kind of talk to her about what I'm thinking in terms of my ideas of what to start, how to do it, so on and so forth. I knew I wanted to do something on my own, but I didn't quite, you know, I didn't, uh, I couldn't put my, um, you know, I couldn't put, put my finger on it. Like, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So uh, we met, um, we spoke for about two hours that day. We met every single day after that, a couple of times, five, six times. And then we had a, we had a brief business plan, good to go. And she was like, do you want to do this with me? I can totally do this with you. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) And, um, you know, that, that was it. That was my, that was my cue to, that's all I needed. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take the leap of faith. And, um, I just packed my move. I came back to Sydney. Um, you know, I told the guys that I, I have to move on and I have to work in Australia. I mean I have to go back to India and I want to start something on my own. By the way, I just want a big shout out to the guys I worked with back in Sydney. Um, yeah. you know, in my in, in, in my co-founders of my previous company, they were so helpful. They really molded like my thinking and wow. you know, with with terms in terms of like business and things like that. So
0: shout were, out
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they were super helpful with that. And I, I just laughed. I quit my job and I moved back to India to roll up my sleeves and figure this thing out so i was here back in 2016 trying to do some due diligence yeah. and understand what is it that i'll be doing what problem will i be solving will mm-hmm. people pay money for the problem i'll be solving love that question so on and so forth?
0: <laughs> that is the best that's the first question you need to ask yourself business people it's very important so why not silicon valley why did you go back to india why was that choice
1: so um, the choice was, uh, for me, really, it was between staying back in Australia or going back to India. And mm. it made more business sense uh, to go back to India because it's an emerging market. There are more people there. Yeah. The cell phone penetration had drastically increased at that at that period. And there's an op- there was an opportunity there. And, um, you know, given the ecosystem, India has a beautiful startup ecosystem.
0: Oh, wow. And, Amazing.
1: Yeah, there's so many young people with ideas, building stuff every day, and um, I'm, I'm, this is where you know I wanted to be, and yeah. it just made more business sense to start yeah. something here.
0: Awesome, I love that. How did you? Well, obviously, you're going to get to like what this is, but I'd love to know. Maybe you can explain what it is and how how you, in particular, or you and your partner um, thought about the idea of what this need is and how you can fill it.
1: Sure. So. Um, I did know I wanted to do something in the student space, you know, um, being, being in Sydney and, and having this, um, you know, having a cu- being accustomed to student housing that is mm. secure, that is structured. And, of course, that is, like, fun, you know, um, to, to kind of witness that and kind of also be aware of how student housing is different in India. You kind of, like, automatically draw a comparison, just even student life day yeah. to day, you know. Um, and my co-founder, um, you know, she had, um, her father runs, um, non-for-profit dormitory for underprivileged kids here in India. So mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, decided, Hey, why don't we go ahead and like, try to see if this is the space we want to be in. And soon enough, you know, when I went back to do some due diligence, spoke to a lot of universities, spoke to a lot of, uh, student housing companies, students, parents, etc. And there was a clear gap in terms of technology usage in housing, in student housing in general. So we decided to launch um, you know, Space Basic. And um, The purpose of Space Basic is to kind of um, you know, be an interactive, uh, fun networking platform where day-to-day communication and day-to-day tasks that happen within student housing communities are kind of digital and easily accessible to, to everybody
0: wow that's incredible and how long have you been doing this over there in space basic in india
1: um so you know we acquired our first customer i think in august of 2017 wow yeah so it's been about almost it's about two and a half years i'd say
0: incredible and i saw that you were on forbes you, you got some, a lot of publicity for this. So talk us through that. How did this, you launched it and how did all of that go for you? Because clearly it's going really well and you guys are growing, obviously numbers and usage.
1: Right. So, yeah. I mean, you know, um, so we launched in 2017 and um, the goal was, you know, the publicity came as, a, I guess, a byproduct, you could yeah. say of it. You know, uh, I've always been told that you just have to put your head down and do the work.
0: Yes, you know, girl, and
1: and everything else is just a byproduct. It could go away in a second. You don't mm. know.
0: Yeah. Well, look at COVID. I mean, it's changed everything. So, yeah, yeah. So
1: you've got to have your eyes on the prize, and yeah. um, you know, uh, that's what that's what I try to focus on most of the time. You know, just mm. solve a real problem. Make sure we go out there and aggressively, kind of, um, you know, um, have uh, adoption, user adoption, and. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it should serve a purpose for our users as well as, um, you know, uh, of course. For, for, for us. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's the goal. It's to make sure that, um, you know, w- we are able to scale, we're able to acquire new customers, we're able to drive numbers mm. and, um, you know, just have a sustainable business. And publicity definitely was um, is, is a byproduct that comes off Yeah. I'm grateful
0: for it, though. I'm really am. How does it feel for you to be like one of the... Because how old are you, if you don't mind us asking? I just turned 30. So I'm so glad I made it before 30 under 30. I know. Like you're a baby. You're 30. That's fantastic. You've done so much in such a young, young years, you know, but obviously you're 30 age wise, but you sound like an old, very wisdomful soul. So how did it feel for you to do the Forbes and to do a TED talk? How did all of that go? And how were you in that space?
1: It was a really, you know, dream come true moment, because we always watch it on YouTube. That is when I started Space Basic to kind of acquire motivation, (laughs) you know, to be on that stage was really a dream come true moment. um, You know, when when I got there, it was definitely a checklist off my buck, yes. you know, of the things I wanted to achieve.
0: So that happened, and then what was the next bit after that? Did things kind of were you? Did you see your business grow or the uh, your profile as a as a CEO grow through that? Yeah, I mean,
1: sure. Um, you know, my TED talk definitely gave me uh, some exposure, awesome. and I think the next major milestone in terms of um, you know achievements one can say is. Um, so Government of India and uh, the United Nations has an initiative for, um, for women. Uh, awesome. It's called Women Transforming India and um, it's a platform where women kind of participate. And uh, this year I was on the top 30 Women Transforming so India. Good. And just to be a part of you know, that ecosystem and really meet with these women who are literally transforming India <laughs> was, was amazing. It really reminded me of why I started this in the first place and, you know, and what keeps me going. It was such a great experience.
0: Wow. That's incredible. So you've made some friends, some connections getting people involved in obviously in what you're doing for India, I think it's freaking huge. Would, what would you say to someone who's out there maybe listening and maybe they feel held back by their family wanting them to do school and be do well in school and achieve for you know, more for the family and they maybe want to reach out and do their own thing. What advice would you would you give a woman that's listening in that scenario?
1: Um, I would say, you know, at least what's worked for me is, um, I mean, I guess it's okay to be confused. I guess it's okay to, um, you know, make your loved ones happy. But I wouldn't say at the cost of of yourself, at the cost of your dreams. And they would understand. They will eventually come around. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, to be honest, they they just, they say it from a place of love. They say it from a place of being protective. But Mm. really, you don't try until you don't know. And you just cannot not try. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I always ask myself, what is the worst that can happen? You know, what is the worst that can happen? And if the answer is not that bad, I'd
0: be like, I'm going to do it. Oh you God, know? I love you. I love you. <laughs> they, I literally give my women this exercise, like write it down. What's the worst that can happen? It's like, did you die? No. Well, like, it's okay. Like, keep going. Because I think we think of the worst case scenario, you know, it's... right. It stops us. Have you ever felt like in this whole journey or, or now, even with COVID and what's going on, um, do you do you ever like fear that something won't work? And if you do, what do you do to kind of get yourself out of the funky, fearful mentality?
1: I think in general, I think what has really helped me and given me a little bit of an edge or, or that leap um, mm. with, with my journey as a, a startup a founder is... Um, to be able to work with other women and other successful women. And I think that I am here today because of my co-founder who supported me and who mm. kind of guided me through this path that she's already, already walked through. So I did not really understand the power of women supporting women mm. um, until I encountered this myself. And ever since I always tell you know, people in general to go find a mentor. Uh, a mentor who's been there, done that, and who kind of, you know, understands. It's not random advice. It's, it's advice that will help you, you mm-hmm. know, most most definitely than not. Um, so I think it's important that find a mentor. And, I mean, what's the worst that could happen, really? Yeah. You know, and can you, if you give it a miss, can you live with yourself? Or is it going to be something that you're always going to worry about? Woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know? So if you're able to eliminate all these questions and come to a decision, I think uh, you'll be in a good place to know whether to consider it or not. But, you know, these things I've really learned from um, my co-founder, who's really been helpful. Because I think in in general, you know, women culturally across the world really are, in a lot of self doubt, you know, can I do it? Will I be able, able to, yeah. to be honest, I did not even uh, apply to Forbes, uh, 30 under 30 Asia, because I thought I'm not, I'm not going to stand a chance because there's so many successful people who are doing life changing things out there. Hmm. And, um, I had a couple of friends actually nominate me and, I got it. Aww. So you don't know. You just don't know. You have to give it a shot. And that was a reminder for me to say, hey, you, ca- you can't let go of an opportunity. You have to give it a shot.
0: Ugh, that is like the biggest tweetable takeaway of this whole thing. You know, honestly, I, I really believe in that. And I think it's incredible that you were able to just even the fact that you met a mentor, but you reached out and you were like, hey, you know, can we have a coffee or can I ask you some questions? What do you feel like is the best way if somebody does have a mentor that is, you know, semi accessible, that they're someone that they can access, not Oprah, obviously, because she's not really accessible. But let's say, you know, it's a mentor that's semi success, um, accessible, what would be a, a tip or advice that you could give them on how they could reach out?
1: You know, um, I reach out to most people via LinkedIn to connect with my professional network. What a yeah. great tool. Mm. I'm, I'm more on LinkedIn than I am on Instagram, or yeah. Facebook, Twitter combined, because that's going to take you places. That's going to build the connections you really need to excel in your career. Mm. And having said that, you know, we need to remember that these people have 100 people writing to them every day. Why should they consider you, consider you right? Mm. And it's perseverance. And it's about how badly do you really want it in the first place? You know, reaching out is not just, hey, you know, can you help me? Why should they help you? Yeah. You need to build your case and you need, to, you need to be consistent and you need to persevere that through. Um, if not, I mean, uh, why would anybody spend their time and energy um, mm. You know, helping somebody if, you know, you don't know what kind of help you need in the first place. Yes. You know, they're not our parents. They're not our siblings. So we need to keep that. We, we need to make sure that we, how badly do you want it? And to kind of really chase after it answers the question to who you could reach out to and also i think people today are very very um accessible you know there's so many different ways to reach out to people as you said maybe you're not going to get a response to oprah but who knows you write to her every single day you actually might get a response
0: yeah <laughs> That's true. If you're a or no. Yeah, you keep going. I love it. I think, it's, I think it's so important as well that you say like provide value as well because so many people want to like pick your brain, but it's like, well, I'm a little bit busy trying to build a, you know, international company over here in India. And, you know, it would be useful, I think too, like people come at you with some kind of um, value as well if they can provide some value back and forth to you that you can meet and collaborate with. And it really sounds like, your your um, co-founder who you're working with really saw herself in you and just saw how much you were doing and how badly you wanted to do this I mean you were flying to America so it just made so such good sense to reach out to her so I think it's incredible it sounds like you don't really let fear stop you Mm. yeah why not and tell me about your thoughts on failure like what do you think about failure
1: I think, you know, in general, um, we are risk averse and we are very failure. We are risk averse because we're scared that we might fail. And that's the reason why we're risk averse and um i think um i think millennials these days are, are, are generally not I, I see that actually kind of uh, you know with my interactions but i believe that you know it has a more of a, a mindset that's passed on from generation to generation in terms of being uh, as i gave you an example right being in in india people mostly seek stability at least um you know the, the, the previous generations and that's what's kind of um, you know, fueled to the upcoming generations as well. Yeah. You want stability so that you're not going to, uh, you're, you're not going to take risks. You're not, you're going to do the same drill over and over again. So I, I believe that, you, you know, risks are important and failure is a part, you f- you only need to succeed one time. So it's okay to fail. You know, for me, uh, it was like, shit, I can't fail. I have to do this well and I have to do it uh, right. And my co-founder would say, fail fast. So yeah. you can learn quickly and move on. The The chances are that you're going to fail more than you, you know, the chance of, of you succeeding. So might as well embrace it. Yeah, There's so much to learn out of it.
0: And I love it, too, because it sounds like, you know, so many people have regrets, you know, on their deathbed. It's like, I didn't get to do this thing. So, you know, your advice on are you going to regret this? If you don't do this, then go do it. Like, hurry up and do it. Stop waiting because everything changes so quickly.
1: And Change is a good thing, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't see why change is a bad thing. Change is amazing, and mm-hmm. we're changing every day. We're changing our thoughts every day. I mean, it changes good. We need to start embracing that. It's not bad at all, yeah. it's kind of very treated as a bad thing. Comfort zones are bad, by the way. You know, <laughs> you need to change is, is great, change is a good thing.
0: It's incredible what you've done. And I, and I really honor you for standing in the light and not being scared of taking your spotlight and taking the platform. Cause so many women, you know, we, we worry that if we stand in the platform and we stand in the spotlight, we're taking away from another and you're, we're not, you know, your co-founder was able to be so bright that you could see her and you could connect with her. And now you just speaking now, I can tell you've inspired probably so many women and men, you know, to go off and do something like this, no matter where they're from, no matter, you know, their resources, like you've been resourceful. And so I really honor you and thank you because it is so inspiring and incredible. Um, tell us where we can find you, how we can stalk you, where can we get all the juicy goodness from you?
1: Thank you, Eric. I mean, you're, that was really kind. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- I'm, I'm so glad we had this conversation. And, um, yeah. you know, I love what you're doing. It, it's you. great. It's, it's great to kind of, you know, women need to support women. We're yeah. all we have. And we understand the struggles we go through. So, you yeah. know, the days of women putting each other down are long behind. And we need to be able to stand up for each other together. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love the fact that You know, that is the whole crux of of you know, your show and uh, I love that. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for considering me to be here. I'm so
0: happy. I know. I was like one of those LinkedIn reach out people. I'm like, Oh, I just love it. I love what you're doing and I think it's important that people hear the stories of different women that grew up in different places with different backgrounds. And I just think I know for sure that this podcast will have helped so many to really just go for it. I mean, what you've what you've created is incredible and obviously it's ongoing. You're still doing things and just your attitude. Your attitude towards life is really great. And I we share a lot of similarities with that. And so I'm really happy that you could be here. So thank you. Um where so where do you hang out so you're on linkedin mainly
1: yes um
0: i'm on linkedin i'm on instagram i'm on facebook and twitter cool
1: and yes i'm happy to you know um talk to people be i'm accessible love to hear from women i'm happy to do whatever i can to help and you know yeah. pitch into the community
0: <laughs> you're incredible you are amazing thank you so so much everybody listening please reach out we'll put all her links for her website or her details in the show notes uh if you can take anything out of this it's that you can do whatever you believe you can do and that you should not give up on yourself so thank you Madhavi, we so appreciate it thank you erica thank you for having me pleasure being here my darling we are in wild times right now And in order for you to manage your mind and boost your immunity and be level-headed instead of panic, I want to invite you to consider online training, to consider joining a community, a sistership, where you are going to be held, where you're going to be supported, where you have a safe space to unravel. And with all this time at home, you can actually better your life and work on yourself. Good news as well, I have now done a 12-month payment plan for the online sisterhood. So many women right now are experiencing trouble with their finances, losing their jobs, being single mothers, not knowing when their next money or paycheck is going to come from, and we are navigating that with our current sisterhood members. We are working with every woman that we can in order to support them in these tough times. And I hear you out there saying, I'd love to join the sisterhood, but I can't afford it. I can't afford six payments. So what I've done is made it a year-long program. It's a year-long program with a year-long payment plan. I really, really want you to consider if this is the time for you to join the sisterhood and work on yourself. It is available to you now. Let's do the damn thing.